0: Boom! Hey, good morning,
1: Travis. Good morning, Michael. How are you, my friend?
0: Good. I thought I'd try to sound a little less confused at the beginning. Of this podcast is the, normal. There's
1: no point. I think the confusion <laughs> should always be something we carry through every episode, yeah. from start to finish, <laughs> beginning to end.
0: It is because this is the most uh, top of your mind podcast on on the planet.
1: There's- it is. You know, we did get another uh, some another libertarian. A party member oh. following us on Twitter. You know, oh. they're popping up everywhere. This oh. one was in Georgia, I want to say. Oh, wow. Um, but you know, we speak truth they're following and we have me. solutions. There, How many followers do you have on the couch funeral Twitter? Uh, you know, that's not for public uh, oh, okay. disclosure. <laughs> is it over 10 now? <laughs> I think we lost one, so it's nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's all good. And, uh, you know, I like checking in there because, you know, just, just to see what shit is percolating Uh, The kind of crazy ideas that Mm -hmm. people are spewing. And it's one thing to read posts, whether it's from – like, for example, I always cite what the official Democratic Party Twitter account is saying. Is that
0: where you can see
1: it? But then I like to read the comments, you know, what people are saying. and So I'll give you another example. Ted Cruz, he often tweets shit that he thinks – you know, makes him look good or helps his cause and then he just gets eviscerated in the comments. And almost every time somebody posts a picture of him at the airport when he went to Cancun on the Texas Freeze and he looks like extra fat and he's because yeah. he's, he's not wearing his suit and he's carrying his suitcase and his <laughs> guts hanging out. Yeah. yeah. I I the
0: guy is like isn't he the guy the kid that got beat up in class or in school or I don't on a playground.
1: I think so. I mean, he has an identity crisis, too. Didn't he change his name? His real name is like, I don't know, Felipe, you know, Veracruz. <laughs> and then he changed it to, like, Ted or something. Ted. I don't know. Ted, um,
0: that's a pretty popular Hispanic name. Ted? Ted yeah. No. <laughs> You're right. Tedio. Um. Uh. Now I've offended everybody.
1: <laughs> no, there's still plenty of time to do, you know, all the offending. Yeah, you, it's early. <laughs> do you think that that's... Uh, like on my cup you commented here in my Mm -hmm. coffee mug you know fuck your sensitivity as i have on my slogan here but so many people are just too goddamn sensitive and we're too worried about offending people yeah i think uh i think that
0: partially it's for you know for for people that were not trump fans i think the part of the aftermath of that situation is a little increased sensitivity to to some of the some of the rhetoric that you hear and so I think that my uh people on the left are probably quick to a little quicker to uh get wound up about stuff. And uh and of course there's always going to be some people that take it too far and get too wound and the pendulum swings too far.
1: Right. Sometimes. So I don't know if this qualifies but you know this is good, by the
0: way. The coffee is good. I'm just, thank you. Your barista is here to serve yeah, you. Yeah, wow, this is This is good. This has got everything this morning. I'm staying here
1: forever. Well, let's do it. I don't know if this qualifies as overly sensitive, but a bit of, you know, tie that into a bit of a rock and roll story. Did Mm. you see this um, story about the kid, the baby at the time, who posed for the cover of the Nirvana video? I heard about it. Or the Nirvana album cover? Right. Which was... The Naked Baby. Yes. What was the name of the album? I don't Uh, remember. That was with their hit Nevermind, right? Was that the name of the album?
0: What was the name of that album? Shit. It was The Kid in the Pool. Yeah. I right? was a blue cover. And like a, reaching
1: for a dollar Reaching for a dollar, and he's like a little baby. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know how old he is. Yeah. Under two, I do Yeah, don't think.
0: well, you would know better than me.
1: Yeah, but then as your kids grow, you quickly look back. You're like, how old is that kid? I don't know. They look like they're 10. I, <laughs> I, I know. You lose I tell all the time. Well, how old is your baby? Like two? And they're like uh, three months, idiot. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, some kids are taller than others, you know, yeah. like like there's little petite kids that are you know my kids age and they look so young because they're just little dainty people but you know they're how are your kids by the way they're awesome
0: yeah, they're growing. Uh, are they tall? Are either of them taller than you yet?
1: No, but they will be. They're tall. They're sassy. Uh, they have attitudes. Yeah. They already don't like being told what to do. Oh, what a surprise. Oh, what a surprise. I wonder where they get that from. Genetics are very strong. Mm. And, and you know, obviously I'm a big believer in, you know, how you're raised, your, your environment that you're brought up in, you know, your culture, all of those things. But goddamn, genetics are are powerful. I mean, the things that, you know, your kids say or do that's just born into them Mm -hmm. you know what they'll tolerate or whatever how old are they now almost
0: six and almost four wow that time is flying by um, i know yeah my 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 uh uh little nephew that we speak about once in a while is six and a half and he's like four months three months out from being seven years old and I just uh I'm so sad. Does he so still play with you? Though? Sometimes listen to this so uh does he still play with you? Um you know, he does. He does. He's, he's he is you know, you can see him moving on to other things, right? So he's he loves games. He's always loved games. So when he was really little he would turn everything into a game. And of course he gets to make up all the rules. Of course. <laughs> and can do so spontaneously and uh and I've been watching that the whole time, so I'm not overly surprised that he's really into stuff like Minecraft. And uh, uh, there's a couple. Which other one ones. is Minecraft? Uh, Minecraft is this video game where you build worlds, you mine, you mine materials, and then use those materials to build buildings and and worlds and things like that what is
1: like worlds so like if i am mining raw materials am i mining it from the earth or is this like a fantasy universe where there's multiple planets
0: yeah that's more than i know about it Um, there's a there it's a large landscape right it's big and um you mine materials out of the landscape and then build buildings and cities and there are things you get to create the rules yeah well there are evidently there are things that exist in in the Minecraft world that can eat your buildings or do what you have to contend with. So they have
1: Democrats there too. Yes, Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, it's it's interesting you brought that up. It's uh-huh. so fascinating because I often think about this and and go all the way back to the things I used to say about this country where I would say, you know, we need a split and Republica and Democratica, and you have your society over here, and we'll have our society over there. <laughs> Why you don't think that anymore? No, I still do. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, it was all of a year ago, I think, that you no, said No, I, I still think that. I don't okay. know where the split would be or what you would call it, but, yeah. but this whole Minecraft thing, it, it is... You know what? Where what I'm thinking of is the idea that you could basically start something fresh today. Like, where in where in this world, on this earth, could you even do that? Right. I mean, if you if you mind, you know, natural resources, they would belong to somebody because the <laughs> entire Earth is captured, so that's not available to you. And there, where would you erect your your city? Yeah. I mean, we we talked a couple weeks ago about places like you know Taiwan and Hong Kong that are. You know, at war with China because there's a whole ownership dispute. But where could you set up this new, you know, fantasy yeah. city where we could all be happy and live in peace? You know,
0: speaking of Taiwan, I I learned something since we spoke of Taiwan last on the podcast that Taiwan is the island that the I'm going to call it the that the the prior government of China before the communist uh, revolution. That's the island they retreated to when they when they lost that situation mm. so
1: so that's the holdout of the anti-communist regime
0: yeah prior, yeah whatever they were i don't know if there's if there was royalty involved or which exactly is when the, like in the 20s um sounds right to me so or is it later than that yeah, it was early in the 20th century it was after let me think here for a second um i gotta think it was after the after the war after the Second World War, I think so, I'm like 46, sure. 48 Then yeah, because the the, the 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 I'm remembering that the not the um she was a woman that came from China and did a lot of lobbying in the United States for support um and, and during things like the First and Second World War. So I, I'm a little light on that, but but uh, yeah, I just had no clue where what Taiwan was or where it came from. And did the did communist China have a legitimate claim to it? So, you know, in a way, they kind of do. I mean, it was always part of. That was always a Chinese island or whatever. It was always part of China, and so we'll see what happens. But with that's that. an
1: interesting kind of viewpoint. Is what gives somebody or some nation the right to claim ownership of another?
0: Isn't that a huge rabbit hole? That, yeah, that it you is. Go down. I mean. Um, so in the United States, right, we we have to kind of get our head around a couple of things, like like did colonialism, we, like did we did we commit genocide with the indigenous people that were here when we got here? But I mean, we didn't. I mean, we certainly we killed a bunch of them on purpose. But Do we know we, what we that number disease, is? Disease Well, we killed most of them with the disease. Europeans brought brought uh, germs that in the indigenous Americans or you know. Yeah, american people native americans did not have antibodies for is that
1: so. a known number how many native american peoples were here that were killed off
0: i don't know it has to be millions you think yes i mean they were spread over the entire continent north and south America. but for a
1: long time i mean long before europeans got here i read this other story in the last couple of weeks that they discovered some there's some footprint that is in i guess new mexico and maybe it's it's some archaeological dig it's maybe in some limestone mm. or something but they believe it dates back like 23,000 years oh that's quite a while before that's we, like we would think people were here yeah i know but this is i think what before the last big ice age
0: i don't know i'm putting the uh i'm putting the thought of humans on in north america at around 8 to 10,000 years but i'm not sure that's correct
1: well, there's – I'll send you the article. Yeah. I think there was – that's pretty close. I think the previous number was maybe as old as 12,000 12, years. Five. But this basically is doubling that. But even at 12,000 years – Anyway, look,
0: it's a fucking guess, right?
1: Yeah, who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> All that carbon dating. Yeah, and-
0: my, my 88-year-old mother-in-law, when we're watching something on television, nature or whatever, and they talk about how old something is. So we found this human skull, and it's 40 million years. old. And she's like – yeah, how do they know that?
1: There's no way to know that. I'm like, uh, I'm not. Kidding. Yeah, you're and, and, right. And what's really old? Like uh, we were talking a couple of, I don't know, maybe even months ago about, you know, when you're a kid, you have this vision of, you know, your parents and the olden times of everything being black and white. And I think that's how that's how people think. Like we took our kids to Disneyland a couple weeks ago, yeah. and we went on the um, the Jungle Cruise. And as we're in line, you know, you're in that wooden structure, and my daughter's like. Dad, is this wood old, like from the olden times? You know, it looks really old. Is it, you know, is this boat from the olden times? Wow. Olden you know, that's times. That's how they think. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> so, what's old to you? You, know? <laughs> well, you were a kid, but exactly. That's what's old to them? Wow. But so, I mean, go back. This is, it is a rabbit hole, but, but it's fascinating. Where could you set up a new country, a new place that's on or within this planet where you could? I don't know, be a vision of what the United States is supposed to be, right? This, you know, melting pot, this place where anybody can come and and be free and live free and live the way you want to live. And of course, you know, that's what we like to say w- was the foundation of this country and the documents that show that, but then of course but it we, wasn't, but we right. have an ugly history of that not being the case of Well, course. I mean,
0: it was really that was possibly the case for a select number of people. Right? Well, that was the thinking. <laughs> that that those the were the whole, only hey, people that mattered. Yeah, let's go start a country where where everybody can come and be whatever they want to be I and mean, that's that was never the case for the people
1: we killed off. <laughs> yeah, and the British. <laughs>
0: Well, um I guess the the question is so then I mean you know what What? so we feel bad maybe some people especially on uh, the left side of things feel bad about what we did to the uh, native americans that were here when our ancestors the europeans came but then the they you know the the indigenous people came from you know across the the land came bridge. out of yeah they came out of the land bridge across alaska and down through so i mean there's no real ownership. Yeah, I mean, I I think when you really stop and think about it, it's kind of an exercise in futility, right? I mean, it it just you decide. Okay, hey, well, here's what it is. We have decided that America is for Americans at this point, right? And we're we think I think it makes us feel better when we say, hey. And we've talked about this in America there is the possibility that you can come from somewhere else and become American and that's that's a significant difference between us and many places many other countries where you might be able to go to live there but you're never going to become you might go to Japan and live there maybe for some period of time but you're never going to become Japanese and and I think that's a significant difference because those countries, their nationality is based on some type of racial. And there are certainly people in this country that, that would like to, to see Americanism be based on being white,
1: but that's not the case. Well, there's stro- other might have stronger... been at one time,
0: but it's not now.
1: Well, it, it, I think you're right, and it and it was at one time, and it was this white Christian based identity. But like you know, Japan that you referenced, they have a very strong cultural identity that is is I guess part of you know race is a part of it but it's not the be-all end-all and there hasn't been a lot of cultural change in a place like Japan so if you were to go there you know you as an American were to go there you would have a lot of assimilating to do to to become Japanese if you could ever do that right Right. because there's such strong cultural identity there
0: yeah we should I mean, maybe. Maybe uh, when uh, our buddy Doug listens to this, he can because he he's lived there, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, and again, I I just don't think you ever become Japanese in the sense that you can become American, right? You can come to America and refuse to assimilate, and then I don't know that you become as American as possible, right? But if you if you if you're if you can if you can, and I I don't think you have to lose your your prior culture to do that, but If you assimilate, if you allow yourself to assimilate, you can become part of America, part of the United States. Don't you think you
1: have to assimilate less in the U.S. than you maybe ever have before? Like, pick a time, whenever it was, I don't know, prior to the 80s. You come
0: here now and and not I mean, I think if you're talking about Italian immigrants or Irish immigrants or something from...
1: Middle Eastern immigrants. The 1800s or something, right?
0: They, They had... I mean, it was really... You got to assimilate. But even then, they clustered into groups i mean think about the the uh ethnic ghettos and stuff in new in york, new City, york yeah. and, and places like chicago where they're still f- relatively segregated from early on uh, but if you want to you know if you i mean there are certainly pla- like la is not really like that right i mean yes there are enclaves of You know, different ethnic groups, but but for the most part, your California is just like one big place, right? It's like
1: Especially SoCal, I think maybe more than Northern California.
0: And then of course we are Californians. So For now.
1: For now. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm gonna make it to the end
0: (laughs) and still be in California. But isn't
1: so this idea of kind of you know, ownership and identity of an area isn't uh, – what's the old uh, law enforcement joke? Possessions nine-tenths of the yep, law. Yeah. So we currently possess this land by right. force. And if the Chinese attack and possess Taiwan by force, similar to how the Taliban took over <laughs> Afghanistan, then don't they possess it and own it?
0: Hey, worry about them attacking us and taking over the land by force. Right? That
1: That would be probably one of the bigger things that would unite – all of us maniacs here in the
0: U.S.? It would. It would. I mean, theoretically, you know, that would be cataclysmic for the planet. So um, that's probably not going to happen. But I'm sure some people are worried about it. And if it's less than cataclysmic for the planet, then there's a chance, right? I mean, maybe maybe if it comes down, if NIP comes to Tuck, uh, maybe they don't push the button because somebody realizes, okay, well, this will stop the Chinese from taking us over, but also stop stop everything else at the same time
1: so maybe that's not a good idea if so we learned knows. that the chinese were going to somehow attack the u.s by force or would you be in favor of a preemptive strike <laughs> i don't know but let's call general milley <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: ready to vote for this guy <laughs> yeah i did say that um look you know what at this point i i you can probably you got a good shot at getting my vote if you exhibit any shred of integrity whatsoever in the world of politics. So uh, maybe the bar is too low. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now, that's for sure.
1: But what about that idea of, I was thinking about this too.
0: Um, the I, answer to your previous question is there's nowhere you can go to start um, Democratica or what? Republica. There's nowhere to go to do that. There's you, no new place to go. No, you'd have to take over some existing party. And please, you're welcome to the entire South. Okay, <laughs> but thing. but think about that.
1: Obviously, somebody would protest. Some some group of people would protest and fight over that, and probably the Democrats too, because they're the ones that, even as crazy as Texas is, don't want to see it leave the union. Right? Nobody, I think, is in favor of that, other than maybe Texans. I don't think anybody's in favor of any type of sedition. I think we should try it <laughs> again <laughs> send,
0: uh, to the CIA. Send your your <laughs> letters to. I I know story.
1: somebody who was in the CIA. Maybe oh, I can really? get some help.
0: Wow. That's scary. So I don't know. I uh it's been a crazy uh it's been a crazy um political few couple of weeks, right? We're still so I think uh, you guys are probably the better part of a week out from hearing this. Uh so um maybe by then some of these things will be resolved. But we're still we're still wrestling with the debt ceiling. We're still we're still wrestling with some of the, the the issues. I At this point, neither the infrastructure uh, legislation or the $3 trillion spending package uh, that is the eye, apple of Joe Biden's eye, n- neither of those things have passed. And things seem a little stalemated at this point. That's because
1: of this extension, right, of, of the averting the government mm-hmm. shutdown. Like, Maybe. why solve the problem now when we bought whatever they bought, three weeks, three months? I
0: guess, yeah. And I, I mean, and I think that, um, I think one of the, I mean, there, I think the base reason that the Republicans are trying to block everything regarding the debt ceiling and everything else with this, the government shutdown, is because it, it takes the eyes. Here's the thing. The the infrastructure bill and the $3 trillion spending package are, are heavy public um, the fa- the public is heavily in favor of, of most those, both of it. those things right most
1: of it well i mean not all the public certainly your your people are not but <laughs> but even some of the aren't there like two prominent democrat holdouts and uh the big one the big issue is the price tag in other words they agree with the concept especially all the infrastructure stuff but the price tag itself yeah. isn't that their big sticking point well
0: mansion right and cinema the two, right. the two, I can't
1: tell if she's hot or not.
0: Not. Not? <laughs> <laughs> um, she was theoretically some kind of triathlete or something. I just heard oh, that really? the other day. So I don't know. Yeah, Lately, whenever you see a picture of her in public, she's got sunglasses on, a scarf on her head, and she's trying to cover everything up with a newspaper because she's being hounded by people that are like going, what the hell are you doing? Why are you? You know, Manchin is a little more understandable. Um, his, whatever the state is he's from, Georgia? N-
1: no, no, no. He's like, New. well, I don't know, but he's got a yacht in like New Hampshire or something. Yeah,
0: something like that. So it's a red state wherever he's, wherever he serves. And so that's his, that's the problem for him. He, he is afraid that he'll be crucified if he signs on to a $3 billion spending spree by the Democrats. Exactly. Right? cinema um, is from Arizona. Arizona and a lot it's not really a fully a red state I mean there are a lot there are a lot of democratic elected officials in in Arizona so they say
1: that you know Arizona was going more purple and it it went blue obviously this last presidential mm-hmm. election but I don't know how how purple it really is if that was just the Trump effect I mean they loved um McCain right yeah I mean, well was, I mean
0: what's the chance Christian cinema has some you know, some actual um, <clears throat> some actual objection to the spending that's not based just simply on the fact that she's worried about getting primary.
1: But isn't she it. new? Like within the last she took over for uh, Something like the that. flake who you liked, the- I thought. Jeff Flake. Well, yeah. he was a Republican. Right? I know, right? So she's not a Republican. No, 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 no. but she, he, she she took over his seat? seat,
0: his seat. So that I mean, maybe that's the example, right? I mean, maybe because that was she's in a formerly Republican seat that you know she doesn't. She's just. I mean, I mean, is it possible that she's looked over the spending
1: amounts in connection with these bills? No, and just, nobody can look it over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even <laughs> sure it's written out yet. To that be honest isn't with that you. crazy, too. Like, it, what's the thing Pelosi said? Uh, uh, you know. Maybe it was during Trump or something. There was some contentious bill. And she goes, we have to pass it to know what's in it. And the Republicans like to use that talking point all the time. Like, see, nobody even knows what's in it. But who could uh, possibly. That sounds,
0: that sounds familiar. So I can't say I have any direct knowledge of that. But, yeah, it sounds, it sounds right. I mean, so
1: it's so difficult, right? And um, Should that even be allowed? Shouldn't know. you know what's in there?
0: I don't know. It's it is complicated, and
1: like I always complain about the the problem I have is you should have a a bill or a procedure that you are approving each specific item. Like how you can lump all the shit that gets lumped into these bills should be criminal. So and and obviously those are the types of things that drive up the price tag to three point five trillion. It's not three point five trillion of bridges and roads. There's other shit in there. Well, it, maybe, that is
0: not the infrastructure. Um, legislation, right the the, inf- the the bipartisan infrastructure legislation is what one, one point yes. something trillion, and that's bipartisan. So and, why and that's the roads and the bridges. So yeah. why can't they just carve that part out? Well, it's it's separate, but but here's the problem. I mean, here's why it's not moving through the theoretically democratic controlled houses of Congress is because a significant portion of the Democrats uh, want. They don't want to, they say, hey, we will not vote with you to pass the infrastructure, the the smaller one, without tying it to the passage of the bigger one. And um, so if if the cho- one of the choices the Biden administration needs to make now is do they back, and there's a significant number of people that want to, I mean, I'm going to guess you can pass the, the smaller, the actual infrastructure bill without the three trillion dollars. Yeah, spending. they bill. should do it then. But but the problem is that what the progressive wing of the Democrats are saying is that hey, we are going to break with with you. And if where are they going to go? That. Well, I mean, that's just a, 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 a that's not break like leave the party. Just hey, we're not going to support. We're not going to support your your administration legislation. Isn't that an empty agenda. threat though? I don't know. I mean, they you know, definitely you have to look at the the Democratic Party as being split at the at the moment um, because it's such a big tent. It's not the, the the people that coalesce in the Democratic Party do not all subscribe to the exact same dogma and being being a part of the Democratic Party you are not required to submit to a litmus lit, test as you are to be part of the to be an actual
1: part of the Republican but you're also not getting anything done in other words isn't isn't it true that there is some support at least on the Republican side for the infrastructure part of that bill
0: you should be thrilled about this
1: well on the infrastructure. I'm not an obstructionist like uh, what's his fuck No no but but you want
0: so what you're saying is, hey, uh, it, there's, it's it's a problem that a significant part of the Democratic Party, you know, I mean, it depends how you look at it. So you can say, hey, a significant part would be the progressive wing wants to spend the $3 trillion on top of the uh, $1 trillion. They want to spend a total of $4 trillion in change on, on stuff. Some of it's roads and bridges, some of it's daycare, some of it's whatever. It's it's not, some of it's not traditional infrastructure. And, you know, some of it's climate change and this and that. And, but there, that also means there's a significant portion of the, of the Democrats that, that may not support that high of a spending level. So isn't that what you want? A well, check no. and balance within that party to tend and then have some kind of compromise come out the other end? I mean, Maybe the three trillion dollars spending turns into two point one trillion dollars. I certainly. just think it's dysfunction.
1: It, it's it's dysfunction. I mean, listen, you're you're a vocal critic of the Republicans being obstructionists, but it's almost even worse than that because they do agree. In other words, they're just they they just can't fucking let their egos aside to get shit done. So, I guess what I'm saying is there the disagreement is above one point five. In other words. Within the Democratic Party, the core group and the progressives all agree 1.5 and below, like on the infrastructure deal. Mm-hmm. And I and I pro- does a significant portion of the Republicans. Exactly, party. that's my point. So you could you could literally rubber stamp that and get that done. But instead, right. there's infighting about what happens above 1.5. To me, it's fucking ridiculous. You might lose the whole goddamn thing because you can't fucking let your ego go above 1.5 that's ridiculous
0: yeah i i guess i'm not gonna get wound up over that because um for me and this is this is an again a case of viewpoint right for me i'm watching the democrats suss this situation out on these two major you know major spending bills or democratic agenda pieces of legislation. And a lot rides on it, it, it regarding the future of the current administration, the, the upcoming midterms, and even out into 2024. But for me, this is the way I want to see the party work, right? I, I'd be, I will be happier if they come to some kind of agreement and push both pieces of the legislation. What, but through. what if
1: they don't? What what if the the well, opposite happens, which they don't agree and nothing gets passed? Well, the infrastructure is going to get passed. At Perhaps some, at
0: some point the Biden administration will break with the progressive wing, and pass the the one point the one trillion dollar infrastructure, the hard infrastructure. That's going to get done. Um the only thing that's at risk is the remaining every all the programs and 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 agenda items that are in the three trillion dollar. But
1: if I mean isn't this the quintessential don't throw the baby out with the bathwater phrase? So if the whole yeah. thing were to were to crumble, would you be just as happy that there was this process, this checks and balances, because it would have backfired. Well, I, I want there to be the checks and balances and it comes out the way
0: it comes out. And I, I think that's how the process works. I mean, Hey if you so what's the alternative i mean so carve
1: out the shit that they agree
0: on and get it done well i mean that's the hope right that's the hope that that the more centrist wing of the party can can convince the more progressive wing of the party that, hey, you may not be able to get everything in this package this time. You're going to have to let some of it go. And then this, the questions get asked, well, what part do you let go? The child care, the, the preschool, the, you know, okay, I get it. You're going to wring your hands and cry about all that stuff. Again, all part of the process, right? None of which you see going on the Republican side, right? They're just, it's just all dogma and they, they don't have any real they don't have any real agenda, right? I mean their their only agenda is to try to fuck up the Democrats
1: so they can take the power back. Except for the portion of that's the infrastructure bill like, in other words, don't you think that would also give Republicans a chance, hear me out, yeah. to save face with their constituents? Let, let's say there was just a bill oh, for infrastructure so. for $1.5 and then Republicans got behind that and voted for it. And then they go back to their districts. They can still say, hey, we all need bridges and roads, but you know, we didn't let them pass the whatever, the child care yeah. and all that other shit. But we all agree this is the thing that needs to happen. That would give them a chance to save face. So I would think it's a win for everybody.
0: Well, I'm not sure I followed that. So you mean... So if the if if the Democrats coalesce and pass the three
1: trillion dollar no, if they carved out the portions of the bill that everybody agrees on, the centrists of the Democratic Party, the progressives, and even the Republicans could all agree on the one point five trillion, and
0: they'd all leave winners. Here's the thing: I, I'm not aware of any portion of the three trillion dollar spending package that any part of the Republican Party has said they support. So I think the choices are pass it as is, have the Democrats coalesce and have all fifty senators vote for it and drag along ten, 10 uh Republicans and get the whole three trillion, right? And, you know, you got to do first off, you got to get the Democrats, to colleagues in the, in the which Congress, they're, which they're right? missing, too. Right. Yeah. So, like in the Senate, they need Manchin yeah, and Sinema. Right. So. So Lady Gaga. I mean, there's. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, I mean, but I don't think that I mean, ideally, yes, you would be hearing from the Republican side of things going, hey, out of that one out of that three trillion dollar, there's two trillion dollars of stuff we'll go along with. And then. But I'm not hearing that. I'm hearing, hey, we're there's a bipartisan support for the $1 trillion hard infrastructure. There's zero Republican support for the rest of it. So that means that the only possibility to pass that is for every single Democrat in both houses to coalesce together to get that through. And at least two of them are saying, yeah, we're not going to be part of that because the ticket's too high. Uh, have they – I guess maybe Manson is something like, hey – there's about a billion or 2 billion or something in that package that he could support. Um, but that's, a, you know, it's a third of that package and the, the progressive wing is not, not saying they're they're going to go with that. Right. They're gonna What's your
1: take up. on how, um, you know, I always cite the progressives and the crazies and the fucktards and the, on the left, <laughs> what portion of Congress, like by percentage, I love that word. <laughs> fucktards. Yeah. <laughs> I just – I can't even – I'm beyond, like, scratching my head anymore when I see some of the shit that they say, and it's just crazy mindlessness. But what would you say – what percentage of the Democratic Party is, quote-unquote, the progressives? Is It's clearly a minority, it right? It's a minority. Is it a 10 percent, 20
0: percent? I think it's probably in that range. That would be my guess. I mean, you can probably – I mean, I think there's a caucus, Right. So there's there's some amount there's some amount of people that identify as part of that progressive caucus, and I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but I think it's a it's a uh, but here's the thing in in a in a different world where where Democrats had a larger majority in both houses, they wouldn't have much power, right? They would be a fringe group that would be vocally expressing a difference of opinion with the majority, but the majority is big enough to do stuff without them. That's not the case because of the super slim majorities that gives the progressive. I mean, so I guess when you look at this, you have to, I mean, I can see where someone might look at this from the outside as an independent or something from your viewpoint and say, well, the progressives have gone crazy and they're, they're, you know the whole Democrat side of things is out of control. It's not really nothing has really changed. The only thing that's different is there's there's no majority. They're, well, they're louder. They're the, tiny, mighty, the tiny majority has given the the this this small uh, minority uh, power. The same is true of mansion and cinema. They they both normally wouldn't have any power to sway any of this, right? If if they were. If there were another twenty de- uh, Democrats in the Senate, so what do aren't. you
1: say? Uh, let's say either house flips then <sighs> to the Republicans in the midterms. Is that going to, you know, make the progressive wing of the Democratic Party less influential? Um,
0: well, I think so because they're going to
1: have to back the, they're, the they're centrist gonna, ideas. Yeah, they're not going
0: to be in the. They're not going to be in a position where their dissent regarding Democrat, le- Democratic sponsored legislation has so much power, right? Because the, there, there won't be any Democrat legislation that's going to go anywhere, right? It'll put, it'll just change the power position of everybody, right? And is it a disaster? I mean, do, do I want to see either house flip back? I don't. I What I want to see is Democrats to not be complacent, try to ignore the bullshit rhetoric and, and understand that the only way, the only real way you know, you can take just about everything that you and I have talked about and anything that I've railed against as far as, you know, issues between Republicans and Democrats, and it can be fixed by greater Democratic turnout at the polls. So even- you mean
1: greater – People Democrat. greater numbers voting for Democrats or or the democratic process?
0: No, greater Dem- greater number of Dem- people voting Democrat. You know, D- Democrats. Let's just call them Democrats, whether they're and that'd
1: be such a disaster for this country.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> but I mean, really, the answer to everything, all of that, is they turn out in bigger numbers, and and that way they overcome the obstacles placed by state, you know, voter. Suppression legislation; they they increase the numbers in the Congress and and give their party greater power to to move their agenda ahead. That's the only real answer if they don't do yeah, but that. But their agenda
1: is terrible. Well, <laughs> that's the problem. That's the fear. I get you.
0: You think it is? Uh, in the same way that that I think probably you know uh, a Republican agenda with 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 majorities in. In the in the houses of Congress would be bad, you know, and that negative for society too. So, but either way, I don't think it's a, a complete disaster. I mean, we lived through the the four years, the four actual years of the Trump administration. Um, things are still together. It, it, it is did that time and the things that went on at that time did was democracy. At risk, I think it was. I think it, and I, I think don't think so be again.
1: I, I, you know, that's it, something it that held. you hear exactly. Exactly, that's the point. Is was democracy in jeopardy? Because a lot of the Democrats are still using that rallying cry that democracy is in jeopardy. You know, because this still threatened. is well, but it did. It 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 survived. Well, right? the thing, it, the, the process thing, worked. The thing that is
0: keeping our democracy in jeopardy at this point is the insistence by by the Republican Party of pushing and continuing to try to validate
1: this big set of lies, especially around elections. But I would say the caveat to that is it's not the insistence by that group that puts things in jeopardy. It's there if it's if there's any action taken from it. You know, and you could argue maybe, you know, whatever, some of these voter change laws in, what is it, Georgia or whatever, is action taken. But I the, the process of making the claim I don't think is putting democracy in jeopardy. It's if the claim results to action, which then, you know, compromises democracy. I mean, I get and I don't think we're there. I, I think I think that's the risk we're speaking. But of. But I think that group is just as much in the minority on the on the right than these progressives are on the left. Like, I don't think that's the majority of the Republican Party. Do you? Mm. And if so, what percentage are they?
0: Um. So I'm doing my Elon Musk impersonation <laughs> right now, you know, Prior to this podcast, I listened to about an hour of uh, of Elon Musk uh, talking at a at a conference, and uh, he's a very slow talker, right? And and, and very deliberate. Um, but let me think about what you just said. I I think that because the apparently almost, except for maybe two, elected federally elected. How do I put this? I think all except for two, um, uh, Cheney and uh, – what's the other guy's name? He's Where is he from? Uh, he's, the, he's, a, um, he's the other Republican that is on the January 6th committee. God, I can't think of his name. If we did this last time. We couldn't yeah. remember it. So anyway, these two um, uh, are the only ones that I know about, are the only elected Republican officials that – that are that are not supporting the lies about election fraud and so forth, and I think that 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 is um, that is the single most risky um, uh, situation do you for think, democracy. Do you think that that so? if you if you under if you erode the confidence in the elections that will
1: kill the democracy do you think that that viewpoint trickles down to their constituents though like it, as a whole in other words how many people are in congress like uh, 488 or something between I don't both know, houses man, but when
0: you hear numbers that of the amount of people that identify as republicans that claim to believe these the the voter fraud nonsense it's scary it's like 70 percent of the
1: of the party so 70 percent of of a party that represents what percent of the country <laughs> In other words, how big is that number What's well i threat? think i think really
0: realistically republicans are probably at about 40 percent of the
1: country so 70 percent of 40 is, yeah. the, is the actual number so I mean it, it, it here's that th- represents hundred and ten percent of all well, guns. Here's, the thing. <laughs> here's the thing
0: we don't know. We don't know how many people it will take that buy into that stuff to to erode uh the confidence in in our way of government and 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 really it's 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 the elections right I mean i mean i I guess I guess. Without getting wound, get I just, wound. I just want. To do you see-
1: want more coffee? No, no. <laughs>
0: um, I, I just think that this is a strategic plan by Republicans, to, to, try to take back and or maintain their hold on power wherever they have it politically, and the way they're going to do it is once again. Their own, their profit motive here is to, is to maintain their power, and they don't care if they destroy democracy in the process. And I just don't think. What would
1: that look like? Like, what is the description of democracy being destroyed? What's that actually look like and mean for this country? Yeah, I don't
0: know. What does it mean? I mean, I think if 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 we hold elections and people don't buy into the To the validity of the elections, that's that's what it looks like. Then, like a
1: Russia, like a Putin, they have free and fair elections, but Putin's like the only name on the ballot seven times, right? So (laughs) you can go vote. Well, let's let's see, let's see. In Russia,
0: there was recent elections. Putin did pretty good. Yeah, Um,
1: he's always done pretty good. His
0: sole his sole opponent is. Uh, was is has been poisoned and put in prison and apparently will spend the remainder of his life there so but did the people yeah, actually cast their vote for like. putin
1: huh did the people actually then vote for putin because the other know, guy was right? there's you know. no there's no oversight that means anything right i i just but let, let's flesh that out for a minute let's say then that you had um let's just assume that half the country thinks that biden is an illegitimate president because the election was stolen, right? Or the forty percent? Let's, well, let's assume it's that. Number.
0: I don't think it's forty percent, but there is a significant amount of people that, at this moment, despite everything, right, they have been. I don't want to be. I don't want to use too uh, too aggressive of a word, so we won't say brainwashed, but we will say manipulated into believing that he's. Illegitimately holding the office. Do you think you could president. be brainwashed?
1: Uh, no. Could you think you could be hypnotized?
0: <laughs> uh, I tried; didn't happen. So for cigarettes? No. Uh yeah, yeah. That didn't. I never got hypnotized. I could never be hypnotized. I never got my hundred and fifty bucks back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I believe in hypnotism for the right people. You know, when I was uh, re- pretty young, I don't know, nineteen, twenty, or. 18 or 19 i think i went to a hypnotist do you remember a, a hypnotist back you, you probably you're too young pat collins the hip hypnotist i don't know and that name. she was on television a lot and then she was in the in the nightclubs and stuff on the sunset strip I, mean, I went to see her up at the whiskey or someplace with a group of people and uh the girl i went with not my not my wife um She was, I mean, we were young, so she was in relatively good shape. But she went up with a group of people on the stage, and then the hip hypnotist hypnotized them into a bunch of stuff. And and part of that was, you know, to say, hey, you guys are all smoking marijuana. uh, So show us, you know, just, you know, smoke your marijuana and show us what it looks like. Of course, the gal I went with was, you know, taking bong hits. So other people are like, it looks like they're smoking a cigarette. Some of them didn't do anything because they never smoke pot. They don't know what it looks like. But then the the, the show took a a little different turn, and so they bring two chairs out, right, and two straight back chairs and set them with their backs to each other. And then then she tells the girl I was with, "You are stiff as a board. You cannot bend. Your body cannot bend." And this and that. And so they put her on a table and tell her that and she you know apparently her body became stiff and then they put the two chairs one one right under her ankles and one right under her neck the back of her head at the base or at the top of her neck not the base of her neck at the top of her neck and then pull the table out and she was rigid and that's just some David Copperfield voodoo shit. Uh, You know what? She was hypnotized. I mean, she didn't remember jack shit, and she felt like she'd had an eight-hour sleep. That's what— She was high. That was the—well, you know, actually, we weren't, but <laughs> but uh, I—so I do believe it. My mother, actually— That's just my like mother. when
1: we ended up on the stage at David Copperfield, and then we— That was you, buddy, not yeah, me. Yeah, so I magically returned back to my <laughs> seat. But the first thing they tell you is, hey, you're going to go through this little secret door. Right. It right. <laughs> was no fucking magic trick. <laughs> Well, hypnotism is not magic, and and but the, uh, maybe the board trick in the chair is, was uh, some I type know, of man. wire or something under her. She, you know, I think she would have
0: known about it. Uh, uh, but so, the, my mother had hypnot was hypnotized when um, she had done hip, had been hypnotized for a couple of things prior to when I was born. But instead of using drugs for pain control, she was hypnotized during when she gave birth, and so. Um, yeah so you know i've always believed in it uh but then when i tried to get hypnotized it just wouldn't that's
1: what i'm saying like i I don't know anything about hypnosis or whether or not it works but i think to get into a hypnotic state i don't think everybody can do that
0: you know i will tell you that for me at the time because trust me to spend 150 bucks which is I don't know. That's 10 packs of cigarettes now.
1: That's like Uh, five grand today.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, uh, so I was smoking a lot. And so part of the getting hypnotized process was the hypnotist saying, this is for to to stop smoking, right? You know, was deep breathing and, you know, concentrate on your breathing and this, that, well, here's the thing, right? My breathing was so, um, rattly and, you know, sounded like a a dying person because there was so much phlegm and shit in my lungs it was so distracting i could never get hypnotized so it it never worked now if i had not been in so it was kind of ironic the 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 main reason i wanted to stop smoking was because it was apparently i was getting emphysema or something and uh and the and the, the side effect of smoking was the thing that stopped me from getting hypnotized so Anyway, I don't know hypnotism, um so could I be brainwashed? Could I be hypnotized by a political agenda? I mean, maybe I am already, right? Maybe I
1: am hit uh, uh, brainwashed by the left. Is that your contention? I don't think you're brainwashed and I don't I don't think you could be. I think um you know, maybe you and maybe me and, and others like us have this kind of muscle memory that we uh are used to repeating and and kind of living the values for which we have always done. But I don't think you could be brainwashed. I mean, I don't tell you something and you go, oh, yeah, you're right. And you, know. you, you you, know, your instinct, I guess here's where I'm going with this, is your instinct is to naturally kind of push back at least for a moment to think about what it is you're hearing to process it, rather than just saying, like I always joke with you, my, my Democratic Talking Points paper came in today and here's what I'm supposed to believe for the day.
0: You know, I think... I think the way I look at that is that your whatever wherever your let's just take politics right wherever your political views end up I think it's it's not just a process of being hearing things and the ether of the media it's it's some combination of of everything and and it's certainly it's going to be what you hear, what you what you are exposed to, um, and then that has, and then how that affects you, I think, depends on what your basic needs are, what your internal, well, I don't have a term for this, your internal agenda might be right. What is it you're trying to, what's what what inside of you is is not at peace with things and is looking for answers, and then what answers do does does that internal dialogue grab onto and end up with so um i'm gonna use my sister as an example um because we're not really the same but but in a lot of ways we're a lot alike and we had the identical upbringing um but from two different viewpoints uh, obviously how many years apart just 16 months okay right so so um and i am in frequent frequent we found uh, – her and I have found a good way to communicate. Texting seems to work. Um, I'm not as likely to be insulting and and um, uh, patronizing uh, on text as I am in person to her. Which is kind of the
1: opposite, right? Most okay. people are, are empowered by texting and they can be real dicks when they're typing something. <laughs> well, in.
0: I, I think the problem is if I just say something, it comes out, it's an ether. Then if, if I regret it, it kind of vaporizes away. Um, for me, not for the person I say it to, they probably never forget it. Um, And that would be my sister. But uh, if I have to write it down, then it's like, there forever, right? I can't say, well, I didn't say, oh, I did say that, you know, I wrote it. So at any rate, that's been working. But I've noticed, you know, at some point, she went through a very radical change in her political outlook. Uh, And not just her political outlook, but radical you know,
1: in the things she believed, or radical in the amount
0: of change, mm, uh, um, well, definitely radical in the change. I mean, it was a, a complete, you know, one opposite, yeah, whatever the term is, right? From you know, we were both raised in a demo, you know, in a household that, you know, both our parents really espoused, you know, the, the normal democrat middle class kind of values and things, and there was never any input from any conservative or right-wing type of thing. And so she got that later in life. And for me, I'm uh, here's what I think. I think it's a combination of her husband. This, I'm sure he came to the table. I don't know him very well, even though it's been a million years, but um, that's the way he likes it. He never wanted to engage with the rest of our family particularly. So that's. I'm fine with that. You don't want to have a nice life. Um, So I but I assume he's like this um, Fox News and Facebook. Those are the things that I think changed her.
1: Did he come into the relationship before I'm assuming before Facebook existed? How about how about before my sister's
0: almost my age? So they've been married for, you know, uh, 40 years. So even before Fox News yeah before Fox News, and I don't know how he was at the beginning of the relationship or how much she paid attention to that one way or the other um uh but I think time you know and over time and and they both ended up you know trying to run a small business you know they both worked for bigger companies in their field, and then um you know eventually he had to. He was let go at some economic downturn in that process and he started as he, – he realized that what he was doing, where he was working, he could do on his own, right? And so then that puts you into the small business type situation that, that has – Well, you been, instantly
1: realize when you're in that situation that, that you have a target on your back. Well,
0: it will significantly – it can significantly mold your outlook, your views on things, right? And, you can't be a
1: Democrat if you're a small business owner. <laughs> Is that what you mean by significantly impacted Well, I mean,
0: uh you know for them it did for yeah. him, for her it, it it apparently did. And then I think it's the combination of of several other you know media so societal inputs and I think significantly for some reasons that not worth going into on the air. I'm pretty sure Facebook and definitely the the exposure to Fox News on a regular basis and other sources. Is she brainwashed? Well, I don't. I. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I would call it brainwash, but is she you know, hypnotized? She, she's not hypnotized, <laughs> but she's definitely, she definitely went through a huge change, and so the things that that come from that that side of that that viewpoint have affected her, and they they haven't affected me. And I too was in you know small business in Orange County and so forth, but um, you know it's just that so if it's I think it it has to do is so I think the difference is something internal right I don't think it's external so I think what I'm trying to say is even though we're brother and sister and you know we have similar upbringings whatever we're searching for internally was different and and what she was searching for was addressed or answered or massaged by the input from the basically the far right and the things whatever i was searching for were addressed by by attitudes and viewpoints more from the left right and it's always so i think guess so it's just, i don't know if i'm making that clear or not i don't think everything is where you end up on that spectrum i think is has is ultimately determined by
1: where you start out inside what you're what you're looking for in life perhaps you know and, i i think a lot of people especially young people um maybe you as you kind of figure yourself out you know you have this maybe intuition or instinct to do the opposite or at least test the waters of the opposite of how you were brought up to see you know what that's like maybe challenge the norm of your family environment for sure and then you kind of figure out on your own you know what what resonates with you but i think when you um what's the word you use when you're when you're searching for the things that you identify with or that resonate with you, whether it's, you know, Fox News is your Bible or, or wherever you get your source or if the Democratic Talking Points is your, is your Bible. What always kind of was weird to me is I've never looked at any one source or any set of ideals and thought, I agree with everything on this paper. Anything, like even a fucking rock and roll album, is every goddamn song on the album good? No, it's not. So it's it's crazy to me when people get so extreme. That's what I I would you know we talk about extremists and uh, the loose definition of what that word is. But I think somebody who's extreme is somebody who agrees with every single point or philosophy on any given you know platform. To well, that's, me, that's not logical. It's dogma, right? It's dogmatic. But it's also extreme it if is. you just have this blind faith of I'm going to do whatever they tell me.
0: I I think that to go just one step further and in, in what is actually happening real time as we're talking here in my mind is, is to take that thought I was having about something internal. I, I think that the, I think probably the big difference is, and, and a common thread is that I think if you feel like this world and this society uh, and this culture has victimized you, you're, you're looking for redress and, And that pushes you in one direction. And to be honest with you, I have never felt that way. I have never felt that uh, any, I don't feel that anything conservatives are doing or Republicans was making me a victim. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. um, But I do believe that possibly, and I may hear about this or I may not because I don't know if she's listening. I don't ask that question anymore. But, I think she has f- felt like her the sum total of her experiences through different things, her search for religion, her search for for her her feelings of being victimized by society, by the left, by people that don't work as hard as she does, and all that shit has made her feel like a victim, and so it's just always about redress for her for the the wrongs that have been done. That's a common theme throughout. So that's not you, Travis. I'm not. So don't take this the wrong way. You have never identified as Republican. I never take things the wrong way. I only take them the right way. (laughs) There you (laughs) go. But um, and I think that's probably what pushes you to be more libertarian or independent rather than identify as a full blown right wing Trump Republican, which my sister will identify as is that I don't think you
1: feel like a victim. So so I think that, that that's the thing. I don't understand it. I, I think you did a great job kind of explaining that. And yeah. I don't understand the victim mentality because I always have, I don't know, it's just, um, and that's one of my problems with- this lack of grateful, being grateful,
0: right, for the perhaps. fact that- You know, when I was a little kid and I was becoming aware of things like the watch riots and and you know, I had black relatives, I have black relatives, and that made me aware of some of the unfair societal things that the, that I knew they would had faced and would face. But even when I was pretty young and and growing up in Inglewood, right, which was all white at the time, eighteen percent black in one side of the city. But where I grew up in North Inglewood, it was all white, and in my neighborhood it was all older white people. They'd lived there for a couple of generations. Most of the young kids were gone. And I, would, I remember playing in the front yard after seeing things on TV about terrible conditions in Africa or, you know, wherever. Uh, and, you know, with the watch riots and how tough it was for black people and everybody that wasn't me, right? And I'm like, wow, how am I so lucky to be a white kid in america in southern california where there is no snow right no fucked up weather um where i'm not uh you know i'm not experiencing prejudice of any kind i appear to have every and we were not well off by any stretch of the imagination my dad worked hard and he had to put a lot of money into insurance coverages and out of a a fear that was created by living through the recession, and he wanted what, to make sure. But what, what so, answers
1: did you? What conclusions did you come to?
0: Luck, just, just, <laughs> just luck, right? Just Luck, and 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 because of that, I think I grew up with a feeling that yeah, I need to be particularly grateful for for all of these situations, and so I have never been on the verge of feeling victimized by by people that have less than me, um, or. but
1: but on the flip side then do you understand uh, so where are you going with this that you had this empathy you had this understanding of why people who weren't as lucky as you felt victimized or did you just say hey it was the luck of the
0: draw i can only assume that my sister did not experience those same thought processes or you know look at things and so when she grew into adulthood she brought some kind of victim mentality with her that made her susceptible to the rhetoric and i think that is what we're seeing on a widespread cultural basis. You know, without all the rhetoric and the hyperbole and the evil fucks from outer space or whatever that I tend to call these people, I think that uh, as much as they would not want to admit it, that, you know, Trump zeroed in on the victim mentality of a great deal of white people in the United States, and he massaged it unrelentingly, for his own benefit and you, there's know, no more to it than that
1: yeah, I don't know I don't know if he I don't know if that oh. base necessarily felt that they were victimized. I think the messaging from him was you have the potential of losing your what your your seniority your your representation of white America, but do you well, think, you don't that think group- he
0: sent the message that- that the reason why you're poor white trash is because these uppity black people and all people of color are taking over the United States and taking what was should have been yours away
1: from you. I don't know because he had. Do you think all of the supporters were, you know, poor white people? I don't he know. Said this before. What? Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Not, <laughs> not all Trump supporters are white nationalists or whatever. <laughs> you know the saying, right? But all white nationalists are Trump supporters. I. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think that I, I don't even know that that's an identified situation. I'm just looking over for me from my viewpoint here, Yeah, it appears to me, you know, as I've tried to, to understand what causes people to end up in these positions and, and with a little bit of, you know, with a little bit of, of exposure to people that have gone this other route in my own life, um. I mean these are the conclusions that I'm coming to because for those for those actual people right that I know that some of this is based on, they're good people right they're they're good human beings they're not they're not looking to hurt anybody um, they're not, they're not using, but they do. They do appear to. to so let me to, let me ask you a at question. Everything through the lens of I'm a victim. Of let, let me
1: ask you a question then. Is it your belief, as as you're saying all this, I'm kind of thinking back to last yeah. week we were talking about the Facebook thing and increased regulation and right. maybe another word you could use is protection. So do we philosophically? Do you think we as a society owe it to these types of people to provide additional protection against brainwashing if you will or influence because Mm. they're 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 susceptible to this type of influence I don't
0: I don't think that's where I don't think that's the thing that motivates my opinion about specifically things we were talking about in the last podcast and regarding Facebook and I mean, I thought that you guys all need to know that Travis names all the episodes, (laughs) right? And I'm good with that because his names are always uh, really good. And so The Nanny State was the name of the last episode because that was kind of the Facebook hate hour for me. So, or hate Facebook hate (laughs) two hours for me. Um, So what motivates that? I personally, and just I'm hearing myself think it in my mind before I say it, so okay, let me apologize for it, yeah, if this comes out sounding egotistical or something. Uh, for me, I think it is just the underlying injustice. I don't really – I'm not really on a mission to protect people from Facebook. I just think that the the, the, the wrongness of how that company is conducting their business – It's a moral issue for you. I mean, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I don't like it when public figures lie to us um, on purpose. Um, Look, if you tell a lie because you just have wrong information, maybe that is not so much a lie as it is misinformation or an untruth because you have the wrong information to draw your conclusion. But when you have the information and you still tell a lie then I hold you responsible for it and there isn't much you can do I mean murder mayhem rape you know I guess that's those are worse but in general in you know for a public personality someone that talks directly to the public has interacts with large segments of the public makes their money off the backs of the public when they lie about what they're doing for only one, you know, on purpose, then yeah, I rail against that, and I, I don't feel, I don't feel the need to protect people from it. I feel the need to bring those fucking assholes to justice, right? So I, I, you know, I'm not in. I mean, that isn't that what maybe sometimes motivates people to get into you know justice as a career or law enforcement or you know whatever i don't know it's not it's not motivating me to become a police officer but but just in general i i want to hold those people accountable for for when they lie that's why i hate donald trump so much not because i feel the need to protect anybody from him but because he's such a fucking
1: liar yeah. So l- let me just expand this a little yeah. bit and, and just maybe the 30,000 foot view from a philosophical standpoint. If Trump told every lie that he told and nobody believed it, like he literally his base was like, oh, there's Trump again. Tell him more lies. Nobody believed it. it will be that way. <laughs> right. And I think the same thing with Facebook. Ultimately, they will be non influential. I think they're going to go away just because people are going to outgrow the need for that platform. But it's really kind of a two-headed dragon here because one is the moral issue of, you know, like you said, what what information is being shared? Can I trust you if you're telling me that you've, you know, built this airplane with safety features and then you really didn't, and and we crash? And I made my decision to get on based on your safety record. That would be bad. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> Versus me saying, I'm never going to get on that plane because I know you have a bad safety record. Well, and I, <laughs> you know, I mean, if
0: I if you want. I don't want to dig up anything from the past, but in your – some of your previous logic, I, I would take it to a conclusion regarding plane safety and and if there's – you know if you are afraid that the plane might not be safe, then isn't the answer
1: according to the previous logic that you never get on a plane? Yes, and I, and I stand by my logic and I'll give you an example. I haven't been to South Africa in a while, uh, but prior to COVID, I was going quite a bit. <laughs> and when i'm in south africa i travel within the country you know and it's a big country you know so from cape town to you know durban is a 2 hour flight okay i make conscious decisions about what airplanes i'm going to fly on when i'm there to the point that sometimes the people i'm with we fly on different planes because and i'm not bullshitting you they i'm going to fly on uh, on congo air no, I'm going to fly on this British plane over here. That I that I looked up the age of the aircraft and and I know the tail number of the plane. Right. So to to some extent, yeah, it's it's uh, you have to make that choice to either make the trip or not. I, I think I
0: understand that, but in, and I don't know that the analogy between uh, plane safety and your view on on why you. feel. Facebook has no responsibility <laughs> for anything they do. Is a good analogy. I'm
1: not saying that telling a lie or deliberately misleading people with your immorality is a good thing. I'm just simply saying, you take you and I for example. We're completely shielded from the influence of that because we're literally not exposed to it because of a decision we have made not to not to partake. So. In this example, I would never feel victimized by a a Facebook or an Instagram because I'm literally not exposed to it by something I can control. Right.
0: And I don't feel victimized. I know you don't. I just I just when I when I become aware of someone engaging in lying on purpose, um, then I'm always going to have the same reaction. It's not victimhood. It's fuck you
1: yeah no doubt and that right. that to me so like I, we, I brought this up before what what always just boggles my mind is why people turn to government for their solutions to problems so let's say you are you, you're someone who feels victimized and you brought this up you know but yeah. but you feel like okay the only person or the entity that can solve this problem is the government and I, that just it confuses the hell out of me i don't know why anybody would do that and not to get into specifics of, you know, the right does this and the left does that. I just I would never turn to a big juggernaut like the US government to solve problems. And and maybe more people do. Maybe if they do feel victimized or they've they've never you know, done anything on their own, made decisions on their own. I don't just mean in business, but if mm-hmm. they've never seen tangible results of some of choices they have made, other than choices that have been provided for them, Mm -hmm. maybe that's why they gravitate towards things like government.
0: Maybe, and I I don't think, I mean, listening to you put it that way, uh, I don't have any negative reaction to the thought that, you know, your outlook is, hey, I don't really look to the government to handle problems. And um, I don't don't disagree with that at all. Uh, But I just think that there are things that... I mean, I, I, it's hard. I'm a little confused, but I mean, I guess I have to. My only retort is I, I totally agree with that until the point
1: that I don't see any other recourse. Right. So. Um, Democratica and Republica.
0: <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> I, I, I thought of you uh, in the last couple of weeks. I read this article from Andrew Yang. Yeah, I don't know if you oh, saw it,
0: and, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. You reminded me of something I forgot to bring up last week, but I'm dying to talk to you about it. Go All ahead. right. So
1: he writes this article and I don't know much about him, obviously, but he was a, a previous uh, candidate for president on Democratic Party. And then he re- most recently ran for was it the mayor mayor of New York City. Yeah. And his big thing was, I believe he was a big proponent of the universal basic income. Well, that's his thing. Major yeah. talking point. But he wrote this article. I saw it on it was my Apple News feed. In the last week or two that he was basically saying and, and it got me thinking about the whole conversation we had about the gatekeeper and, you know, who controls the the, the gatekeeping process and, and ultimately the, the candidates that we have for president. And he was basically saying that, hey, uh, these are like just, you know, power hungry people that get drunk on the celebrity of running for these high offices because and he went into detail about a typical Mm -hmm. day in the life of just being a candidate from the makeup being applied to every you know tv interview that he did and in cell phones being handed to him every five minutes saying you you know you're on this call with this person and then next you know you're on this call with that person to to being you know somebody who would give an opinion when he felt it was necessary to now being asked for his opinion on every single topic because he was on the national stage of, of you know these these talking points right to where he even said basically he was he was drunk on the celebrity of it and and he believes his contention and his whole point was that everybody in high office is ultimately that way and we as of society are doing a disservice to, to one another and to our process by doing things this way. Yeah. Because ultimately, whoever rises to the top, whether it's the president, whether it's governors, whether it's you know people in Congress, they've all experienced this process. And so by the time they get there, yeah. they're so drunk on celebrity that they're less focused on solving problems. So my takeaway was, I think he's right. The other part was like, why the <laughs> why the fuck did you run then? And are we supposed to believe anything that you say? But it got me thinking about the whole gatekeeping process. And, right. you know, is there a better way to do it? So is there a better way to do it? I think Wow, that's awesome that you ended that um,
0: with that phrase, because that's what I believe he is about. Right. A better way to do things. Uh, her also I didn't read that article. I'll send in particular. it to you. Yeah, please do. <clears throat> but i have heard very recent podcasts where he talked for an hour or more about his his outlook on things so he he ran for president so why we have to look at why did he run for president he did he run for president because he was drunk on the idea of being president on this liberty apparently not his sole goal for doing that he never Thought he was going to be president. His sole goal for doing that was to bring univer- the idea of universal basic income into the mainstream political conversation. So, in his mind, his run for president was more of a success than he could have ever anticipated. He went from complete and total obscurity to bringing a huge idea into the political mainstream that would never have gotten there or would maybe have taken a very long time only then to go on to see through the pandemic and different things after kind of softening up people for, to this idea, some examples of variations on that theme, such as the, the money that we saw as stimulus and so forth from the pandemic. So, um, with many millions or billions of dollars have been distributed to the American public since his run for president. And it's all basically universal basic income. So interesting. Um, but I don't think he's planning. He's never planning. I don't think he's planning on running for president again. No, I don't think so. But then he ran for mayor. And so the question is, well, why would you run for mayor? His one big idea, right, is universal basic income which is not something is something that a president <clears throat> or the federal government could make happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the mayor of even a huge city like New York does not have there's no budget to provide universal basic income for the citizens of New York. So his big idea didn't get any traction. In, in, yeah. As I, mayoral candidate.
1: I don't think I think ultimately it's to me, that idea is kind of the same as remember Herman Cain, the nine 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 tax plan. <laughs> that was his one big idea, and of course, he went off into obscurity. But... Well, and then he died of COVID. So. <laughs> but there were other. Thanks See, I, I thought Buddy Trump. Yeah, I thought uh, Yang was a California guy.
0: He. So here's the thing: he has a new thing, which I don't know if you've heard about or not. Um, that he has starting a third party. It's called the Ford party. It's not right. It's not left. It's forward. He's starting this party and not necessarily so that he can be the president, but because he thinks a third party that is different than the other two parties and has a different motivation, a better way of doing things will produce better results in government, and I think so, he's right about that. Yeah, part. so I think I'm going to suggest to you that you continue to to, and maybe you know, f- f- uh, and I'll see if I can find something to send you um about it. It's a, it's a, it, you know, so is it going to make it? Is it going to go anywhere? Who knows, right? Um, he claims that he's not doing this so that he can be the presidential candidate. I think of that's the right. Forward party, yeah. He says, hey who knows? He goes, maybe I will be, maybe, you know, maybe I won't, but he goes, that's not the motivation. The motivation for doing this is because he, he thinks he's, he's a, I, I see him as a thinker, right? He's thinking things through. And I think when he thinks things through about the motivations, what are we as society, what, what, um, what, uh, What's the word um what are we pro- what motivations are we providing to our political candidates to become involved right and it's all he he his i think his opinion is that the two traditional political parties and the system are providing the wrong incentives it's the incentives right and so he wants to start a different political party that will have different provide different incentives f- to achieve a different result and so i well, think that, it's that's worth an interesting
1: exploring. i don't know enough about you know his his views when he ran for president uh, i know the big one the ubi which yeah. i i think the idea of a of a third party which is something i've been talking about on the libertarian front is what's needed. I, I don't know anything about the forward party except the one idea that he carries with him of UBI, which is a bad idea. Uh, yeah, but if there's only, other
0: things, that is only one of. I think it's. I think the the forward party, and I'm not going to be able to recite them, has six basic tenets, and they're they're pretty well thought out. And UBI is, of course, one of them. But but um, I think you have to take the thing in whole. So I think it'll be interesting to explore see where this goes right he's got some time before the presidential election i think he wants so is he going to create a spoiler for the democrats so they lose the elections if that's all that happens from this he's going to be crucified
1: all right right? here it is the six core principles uh yeah read them out bureaucracy modernization of government policy decisions that are fact-based right Uh, regulation of former members of Congress from, hang on, what's this pop-up, from becoming lobbyists. That's another thing you hear a lot about. Uh, Economic issue, enactment of universal basic income, uh, reformation of the economic system based upon human-centered capitalism, individual rights, assertion of data as a property right, term limits, Institution of 18-year term limits for members of Congress, voting and electoral reform, elimination of big money in politics. These are the five? Or what are you uh, Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. It says five. It says six. But, six. But uh, there's only five on here. Oh, here's okay. the Here's the bureaucracy, economic issues, individual rights, term limits, and voting and electoral reform. That's five. And UBI? Well, that's lumped under, or was it? Uh, economic issues so I mean there's some stuff in here that doesn't look terrible but um well I think it's new I think I think it's it I think the the important
0: part of this are, is not so much the details of this but but the idea that there is there apparently so this this promotes the idea of looking at providing different incentives to so get what, what's, different better results what's
1: interesting is the th- th- what stands out to me here is term limits which is something i've been talking about what would incentivize somebody running for office like <laughs> what 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 other incentives could you have unless you're you know the offer is to be a russian oligarch after your term but if you know on the front side <laughs> that's what trump thought the offer I was i know but if you know on the front side that you you have term limits or that you know there's there's other you know possible restrictions on what you can do what are the incentives that you can think of that would make somebody want to do it
0: be a, a politician yeah well well i mean i think that when when he's talking about hey uh forbidding you know former i get what i don't know how he put it exactly but let's let's say legislators from becoming lobbyists um so the, there must have been some thought he's put into that that must that 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 Situation must represent some detrimental results that have been identified, and I think that's not an example of the incentive. I know to, it's to the opposite. It. That's of that. that's the, that's an example of something that needs to be changed. But but here's the thing: if the incentive to be a politician is then to go on to a multi-million-dollar career as a lobbyist, then that's the wrong incentive. Isn't there a that's restriction the, now? That's the wrong incentive to provide for someone to become a public servant. So that should be
1: eliminated. What is it you got to wait like uh, 18 months or two years mm, or something? I don't know, but it should be never, right? You I mean, think? that
0: makes sense to me. Um, At
1: what level? So like if you are a member of Congress, yeah, um, I, I would executive cabinet to, and what, a governor? Or where do you draw the line?
0: I don't know, maybe it's even state legislators. Maybe it's- How about a local
1: mayor? No, don't,
0: I don't think that that would be the same, right? I think it's it's probably the ability of former legislators to then become lobbyists to have undue influence for special interests that, I mean, if that we, are not providing
1: positive results for society. This is another interesting idea for me because you got to peel back the onion pretty far on this concept of a lobbyist. I I totally understand why this is a, an issue and a talking point. Right. But the reason why you have lobbyists is because government is so fucking big and complex to navigate that lobbyists exist. Let's face it. We've relied on lobbyists in our industry to get shit done. Right. It would be much easier and cleaner if the process was simplified. However, we have to recognize, again, in our industry, if we lost lobbyists tomorrow – we'd be fucked and basically would not be allowed to have a seat at the table for okay. any conversation. I don't think any of our lobbyists, lobbyists are former legislators. No, I understand. Right, I understand. I think but it's is, the lobbying process no, I that think I think, this think is speci- the question.
0: This specifically speaks to the incentives we're providing current politicians for being politicians. And I think he's identifying the incentive of a lucrative lobbying career post-elected office as as something that should be
1: changed but think about it what makes it lucrative the idea that some big firm is going to hire you because you have inside information on how to navigate through the government and therefore we're going to put you on the payroll Mm -hmm. and, and pay you a bunch of money the
0: the the incentive no i'm good the incentive is uh the incentive that i think is being identified as a bad thing is that if your incentive to be a politician is your lucrative lobbying career post-elected office, what you do while in office, the things you support, like will big be, oil will be is negatively is, affected. No, that, I get it. Right, that, so you're it,
1: beholden to the big oil companies, and you're always going to vote on things that. Well, benefit let's say them. you
0: want to be a big oil lobbyist post-elected official life, then then obviously the decisions that you make while you're a legislature will be tainted in in a bad way
1: so go back to the onion though isn't kind of a maybe a better conversation to not restrict the you know former members of government or whatever he puts on becoming a lobbyist but isn't it better to maybe change the lobbying process in general
0: well i mean i think that there's two different ways to look at a problem is that better i don't know um is is what there's is the prohibition of of, elected legisl- of legislatures from entering into lobbying post-elected official career. I mean, I, I think that that has been, he has identified that as a, as a specific solution to something he sees as a problem, that the incentive provided. So his point about all this is to change the incentives, right, so that we get different results. Can you- and I think that's the core thing we want to remember out of this conversation. Do we change, do we need to change the incentives that are present now for our politicians so that we get better results from them?
1: Yeah, I don't think that's um, a bad question. However, in this particular example, I don't see that how that sweetens the pie for somebody to want to run no, for no, an elected no. office. No, the the object here is not to sweeten the pie. The object is to identify
0: incentives that are that are providing no, I get Bad it. results. I get it. And then and then change those incentives.
1: How how perverse well, and of maybe a problem? It's the word
0: incentive. I mean, I, I don't think that we, I don't think anybody thinks there's a shortage of politicians. It's just that the politicians we end up with are bad because of the incentives well, that
1: bring them to the table. And that is you know it's casting a very wide net. You know, I have no knowledge about how widespread that really is. In other words, are, is is the claim here? Hey, you have we're electing bad people because they believe you know they're gonna they're gonna make bad choices as elected representatives because they're beholden to the big companies that ultimately they're gonna go be a lobbyist for after they serve. Is, is that so? How widespread it, is that? It's
0: just one. One problem that he's identified. No, I understand it. The bigger part of this that that you'll find out when we learn more about him is is, and it's not identified in those those five or six things regarding the Ford party. The other um, the other big part of this push for him is is completely open primaries nationwide, every state, so that you, no matter so so that you can vote for any candidate you feel is correct for the office regardless of their party affiliation that is an incentive right when when you can only vote when you have to register as a democrat in a in a state with with that kind of a primary that doesn't have open primary then you are limited to only vote for the democratic contenders for that office so what he's saying is hey you have to eliminate that we have that in california right i'm trying to remember right i I think it is I know we have a primary. Is it open? I'm not sure, or what they call jungle primary or something like that. Um, I think that's that's one of his main core things that he's advocating is open primaries, and the Ford Party he says will be supporting candidates and politicians nationwide that support open primaries and he he feels that 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 we need to move that to be the the national norm open
1: primaries within each
0: state within each state right. because, that makes right, sense so that so that candidates are not so that it's so what he's trying to do is eliminate this this fierce litmus test uh allegiance thing you have to go through to be in either party right you 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 it's not as bad i don't think on the democratic side but trust me you there's still a litmus test, right? You have to be in favor of certain things, and he's ultimately
1: tearing down the gatekeeping process, yeah, I think to some degree because I think he
0: he has i think he feels that it has become seriously flawed in the gatekeeping process of producing instead of keeping the bad contenders out it's producing only bad contenders, and so I find the whole concept not i don 't know enough about it to say I support everything about it or but I love the idea. I love the the concept. I love the approach, right? Because you and I have talked about this a lot, right? It's the the system is broken, and one of your ideas to fix that is
1: democratic and republican. <laughs> so pretty radical, uh, you know. But and one a of seditious, my well, one <laughs> of my other ideas is is around voting. I mean, I've I've said multiple times there shouldn't be an election day. There should be an election deadline that you say well, exactly. you know, open the election on this right. day. You have until this other day to, to cast your vote. Absolutely. It should be as easy and open as possible. It should be we should have electronic forms of voting. It's two thousand twenty one well, for God's sakes. Let's well, figure it out. Because your motivation is to get more people to vote. Yes. Right. The, the
0: Republicans motive and the Democrats motivation is to get more people to vote because all the statistics and tell for them, Democrats, let's be honest. Well, and this, Republicans want this, more people
1: to vote for Republicans.
0: But Republicans don't want more people to vote because
1: they know that they won't win that battle. That because,
0: yeah, when that happens, that always skews the Democrats because there are simply more Democrats. Of
1: course. And, right. and so that becomes a function of. Right. But I think for, for you
0: in in probably for Yang my guess is that the idea is to is to have more people to, to vote and another way to get more people to vote is to open up the process with open primaries so that because right now listen if you are a republican and you don't like the what, the the plat the the if you are a republican and you do not agree with a current republican Policy right. If you right now, if you make that known, the primary process in most of the red states will be used to eliminate you from the from the mix. So you're saying this this proposal helps Republicans as well. It helps everybody. It helps politicians support policies because they're good policies, not because they hit the mark on a litmus test for dogmatic allegiance to the Republican
1: party or on the Democrat side. Right. What do you think he means about assertion of data as a property, right? Well, um,
0: I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think we've seen a corruption in the last few years of, and he talks about fact-based right. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that is just simply, um, uh, that is probably in response to the fact that another part of the Republican strategy has been to denigrate the idea that there are facts that some things are true and things but there's also alternative facts <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so I think that uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean I mean th- I anybody that doesn't support that is not seeing the picture right I mean because there's no fucking such thing as alternative do you
1: really think outside of the trump era that there's a a battle about facts is it more about the battle of what to do with those facts you know which you're at the fork of the road the fact is there's a fork and the question Mm -hmm. is which way do we go
0: you know right now uh, this guy's name is gomar or something like that and he's a senator or. Or or a congressperson or something, he's. I just heard this uh, on the news the other day on on a Democrat, on a MSNBC. I'm sure or could have been CNN that he's he's already talking about some evidence that that sixty percent of the votes that will be cast in an upcoming election in 22 will be fraudulent
1: who is he now he's he's a republican he's, he's
0: guy a, yeah he's a republican gomar is his last name uh,
1: so what, Evans, what evidence what <laughs> <laughs> evidence anyway what he, evidence has he provided no, to it. substantiate
0: he's, that claim he is not providing any evidence right so he is part of the republican disinformation, fraudulent lying about elections to denigrate because he's likely to lose this election in 22. And so he is attempting
1: to invalidate the process ahead of time. But how does that actually help someone like him? In other words, if you're basically saying – that the elections are fraudulent and this process can't be trusted, even your supporters, they're going to be left with what decision? Hey, how do I vote for you then, dude? Because you're saying this is in, an invalid process. How does or, that, or does I, it
0: motivate them to spread the lie even further? Let's say they spread support,
1: the lie. Support more respect more
0: restrictive voting laws that will favor the Republicans only because that's what that means.
1: But there's no logic if if you're saying that this process doesn't work. Why would you participate in the process?
0: I, I think the idea is to motivate. Or are they hypnotized? If, I, I think, don't know. Yeah, I think the idea is to motivate r- r- Republicans or conservatives or whatever to to support v- v- voter suppression laws and to make the changes in, in state voting uh, laws and regulations that will limit the ability of of the democrat electorate to, to get to the polls uh, because anything they do in that process but even makes still, it better for
1: them but in a lot of these states it's not the voters who are voting on those laws right isn't it their state houses that are proposing legislation that they're passing and then their governors do are if they don't have
0: support right if the if if the if the if the conservative or right wing or Republican uh, talking heads aren't whipping up their base to communicate to their legislators that they support more restrictive voting laws, they won't do it. So, or, or vice versa, if they want to do it, if the State legislatures legislators want to do it because they know that will benefit the Republicans in the upcoming elections. If they are if they are not hearing the public tell them, hey, we don't support this, we don't believe that, we don't want you to do that. And here's the thing: it, it they don't really care if they're hearing that from Democrats. They they only really care about what they're hearing from their Republican constituency. So it's it's assholes like Gomar that put this stuff out into the public. These lies out into the public uh, domain to influence Republicans to support their legislators that want to enact these restrictive
1: voting uh, laws. But don't, don't laws. you think at some point, it's like the boy who cried wolf, if you keep saying this over and over again, and there's no evidence that ever comes to light, that even the people who were your biggest believers mm-hmm. are ultimately going to abandon your idea because they just never saw it. You know, it, it's the creeping crud. You know, you know what I mean by that? No. <laughs> <laughs> like the turd that won't flush down the toilet? <laughs> what do you... What are
0: you talking about? (laughs) My attempt to inject some levity into this serious (laughs) conversation. The creeping crud uh, on voter suppression started out with something that seemed relatively reasonable to a lot of people. We need voter ID, right? And I think I've even heard you say, hey, I don't see what's wrong with requiring voter ID. Well, we already have we have it in California. I don't show my license when I vote.
1: No, when you register to vote, you do.
0: Right right but that's that's not the voter id that, that has that, been called for yes i understand right? so um so this is the this is where the creep starts right voter id what's what's not reasonable about that blah 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 that is the gateway drug to voter suppression that's why that's why you you need to be against that and and so now when you say, well, won't won't these It's like crying wolf and won't the won't the people that these falsehoods are being aimed at eventually go, no, nah, that's bullshit. You just keep saying that, but it's not true. But let's look at what's really happening. Right. Ha- literally hundreds of state laws have been passed since the election uh, to restrict voter rights or to create voter suppression. Or limit the number of. Let's just call Democrats. it what it is. Yes, the, yes. Right?
1: To, to to influence a more favorable outcome for Republicans. Right? That's the way I would frame right? it. And that's so that has
0: happened, right? And it's not just it's not just Georgia. It's but it's
1: it's hundreds of laws within a handful of states. It's not even. It's quite a few states. Is it? it it's half like the 25 country? Five states. I guess that'd right? be half. Yeah,
0: be half. So, in not counting Puerto well, Rico. Well, let's look at it this way: it's in virtually every. Look, you know, for lack of a better, more reasonable, less divisive term, every red state. So, wherever there is a Republican-controlled state house, there are voter suppression laws being enacted as we speak, and some have already passed, as such as in Georgia and Texas, and others are in the process. Let me just ask you and a quick question why, here: Why is that happening? Because, because we have been tossing this idea. Uh, we, Because people have been spewing these lies about voter fraud for 10 years as a strategy, as a pre-planned Republican strategy to invalidate elections and soften up
1: Republican constituencies to support voter suppression. You haven't read any of these laws. I haven't read any of these laws. Do you think there? This is just uh, going out on a limb. Do you think there would be anything? Is is it possible that there's anything good or valuable in any of these laws? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, because
0: there was no problem to fix, right? So, so how are they helping anything? There is no fraud. There, there's no
1: evidence of any the fraud big claim or just
0: claims yeah like the big claim asshole, that the republicans Walmart,
1: use is um well, election we, integrity that's their that's their phrase well, it's fucking bullshit okay i mean uh so you know serenity now
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is one of the issues that gets me very triggered right to use a real all right boomer. a real left wing <laughs> phrase all right boomer um, yeah. So, I mean, there's no election fraud to fix. This is a fantasy that is being promoted by lying conservative politicians. Name So name your the point one. is
1: this. You're, so I'm claiming that eventually, over time, no evidence will come to light that, that, pe- that people can point to to say there is legitimate voter fraud. And so And I'm saying that people will abandon the idea because no evidence came to light. What you're saying is in the meantime or simultaneously there are changes being made to ele- the election process, like in these specific states that are making changes to voter laws that are that people are reacting to the idea that the there is fraud in the system, and so therefore it is is it already happening mm. <clears throat> I think that
0: probably Republicans- <laughs> here
1: we go elon. <laughs>
0: I think that Republican voters as a group understand that these are lies and they also understand that promulgation of these lies by by people in the public um, will will make it easier for Republican state houses to pass voter suppression laws, which will then result in more Republicans being elected to both state and federal offices which will further their desire to see a more conservative agenda nationwide. So I I think the flaw in the prior concept, and the reason why I don't believe that's working, two reasons. One, the best indication of future behavior by a person or a group is past behavior. So what we've already seen is that, the thing where they go, hey, that's bullshit, you're just telling lies, that's not really the case, is not happening. But didn't we already because, say – Because they, they don't believe – it's not a matter yes. for them. They know it's not true. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, they just they know that the, the result of letting it continue will be
1: – I understand. Right? And But here's – so like I said a second ago, I haven't read these laws, you haven't read these laws, but the, the big things that we always hear are the changes that are, have been made or proposed are um, – changes to locations that you can vote time of day you can vote and um days i guess right the days that you can vote so if you if you had a voting period like i let's say 30 days like i say election deadline is november the 3rd and the polls open or the process opens the website opens the app opens on pick a time october right. 1st october 15th that eliminates all that bullshit all that noise yeah but you so so let me get this straight. Andrew Yang needs to call me. (laughs) I will give him the answer.
0: I I will uh, send him a note to call you, Um, (laughs) but he's not a Democrat anymore, so I don't know if he'll listen to me. Um, What is this? The hot chick hour on uh, CNBC? It's always
1: the hot chick hour on CNBC.
0: They have gone from the ugliest people (laughs) to the most attractive people on any of the networks Uh, because they're they're fleeing uh, Bloomberg because Bloomberg is off (laughs) at Um. Yeah, I think that uh, um, this is uh, this is the problem. I mean, I, I, it's it, it, <laughs> the Republican voters. That Republican constituency understands that voters that voter fraud is a lie. I don't think they believe there's real. Do you think?
1: I, I agree. I, I that and that's kind of where I just I am bouncing this ball back and forth in my head about this idea because i believe you're right that they that the republicans don't believe there was actual fraud this is basically a tactic for them a maneuver to try to create a problem so they can get their desired outcome which is victory Mm -hmm. so if the if the republicans themselves don't believe it at some point i think their base has to abandon it I, i would get but maybe they're hypnotized brainwashed fucks i don't know I mean, I, I do think that the answer to the problem is is just simply making things easier, to voting easier, more streamlined, take advantage of technology. I mean, think about the shit that you do on your phone or your computer. There's secure ways to do it. Like, uh, you know, you, you go online, right? And somebody says, God, what was it? Just the other day, I had a credit card uh, fraud charge. Uh, so I had to call my Visa card company. And report the fraud. And one of the ways they identified, you know, they asked, Do you still have this card? Blah, blah, blah. But they said, um, in order for them to send me a new code, one of the last steps of the card, to send me a new card, one of the last steps in the verification process was to send me a code. So I'm on the phone with them and they said, Okay, I just sent a code to your phone. Can you read me the number back? Instant. Hey, this is me. I have this phone. I'm talking to you and you verify. Two party verification. Yeah. So, I mean, God, there's all kinds of, you know, technological ways we could do shit, make it easier. There's no, there's no reason that you have to have a goddamn physical paper ballot that you have to go to on one day of the year to cast your vote. It doesn't make any sense. It's not. It doesn't fit in today's society. Well, I mean, we're putting people on the moon, <clears throat> we're sending so people over. in dick rockets. <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh my god! The,
0: in the thing I heard with Elon Musk today, uh, Kara Swisher and Elon Musk uh, did. um did talk about the Bezos rocket, the shape of it and so forth, and how <laughs> ridiculous it was. Um okay, so uh, here's the problem. I think you've hit the nail on the head right there. You're, you there there are there are ways to make elections more secure, even if there's no need to make elections more secure. But those are not the ways that are being promoted by the Republican Party in these Republican state houses across the country. The laws that they are enacting are not changes to the system that would make it easier to vote I know, safer I get safer or more secure. They're straight-up voter suppression.
1: It would be like requiring for anybody, two people for to anybody, go to the bank yeah, to for make a deposit. anybody that's
0: listening to this, anybody, uh, contact me directly and tell me, in try to try to convince me that that is not correct because I've already had some experience with people trying to convince me that the voter fraud stuff is real and no offense to anybody but they failed miserably so you know and this is where I think yang referencing back to what we were talking about an encouraging thing for me to see anybody in the public eye pushing for fact fact based, whatever legislation i think is what he said right not Uh, legislation he's
1: broad with it what does he say not
0: legislation based on bullshit and and nonsense false claims and unsubstantiated claims fact fact based legislation right and and that's the other thing so you know, Travis. For some people, they might say, "Well, listen, whatever is is whatever anything everything's a go in in the quest to be victorious, right?" So, if the Republicans are spewing these lies about voter fraud and the Republican constituency is going along with it because ultimately it will give them a result they want—more Republican victories in the political field—but but think about what is being sacrificed in order to put this strategy into place it starts out with the denigration of facts right and in a demo, in a democracy facts and truth are important when they are obscured when when they are deemed to be fraudulent when the when the the media when the press for lack of a better word is vilified.
1: The press is the thing that keeps all democracies on track. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. I know you're not Andrew Yang, but in your yeah. mind, how would you apply fa- his fact-based policy decision-making to these voter suppression laws? In other words, this the individual state houses want to make a change, and then they've got to have some process, and they say, bring your evidence that says we need this change, fact-based, if you will, and they don't have it, so therefore those changes would not go through is that how you he, see it being applied you no
0: know, i think that i think that in reference to what he's talking about i think it's these are the tenets of his proposed third party right so i don't think he's proposing specific changes to enact that, that in, in the sense of an authoritarian wand being waived over the process i think he's saying hey to be part of this movement, you need to be in favor of fact-based legislation. Well, they're not, all going to say not they are. I based, yeah.
1: They're all going to say they are, and then even the Republicans, and they're going to say we have facts that support our claims. But the truth is that they they won't and they don't. Well, so how do you how do you apply it to decision making? That is a specific, that is a
0: specific tenet in that in that platform. Let's call that his party platform. That speaks directly to disingenuous Republican constituents that are allowing this, this lie-based, untruth-based legislation to happen in the state. So I, I think it's just a – I think these are – he is stating the general tenets of this group that he's putting together, and if you want to be part of it, you have to be in favor of fact-based legislating, right, and not, not anything specific, so – um, I think that's just a call out on on Republicans. I, I do too it
1: sounds good it is good I don't know how you do it you know on certain things we could agree uh, you know like you like it? climate change you could agree that there is man-made well, climate change but you could disagree on what to do about it look the Democrats aren't doing
0: anything about it except whining about it right and and so and then you have a large amount of people that say well do both sides do it which is not actually true either but but to some degree, maybe it's true, right? I mean, I'm not ever trying to paint a picture of Democrats as being angels, right? Um, but in comparison to the fucking nonsense that's gone on with Republicans in in the last few years, and currently, and probably the future, it, it's easy for Democrats to look like angels. It is,
1: because and here's the real reason why: Republicans are not offering any solutions at all. They're not offering any ideas that you if you brought somebody here who didn't know anything about america and you plopped them down and said here's kind of how we make things work in this country mm-hmm. you you can't point to anything the republicans are talking about to say here's a good idea for a way to go forward there's just nothing there because they when they get in power
0: they're not going to they're the party of grievance that's all right and this goes back to what i said earlier if you're a victim, you have grievances. They're the party of grievances. Their politicians are all politicians who grievance. Everything they fucking talk about is some grievance yeah. against Democrats. And so when they get in power, when they were in power over the last uh, you know, previous five, six years, they it's not huge, big ideas. They didn't declare you know, they didn't declare Donald Trump the king or something that would obviously create pushback. But a million small things were were done. Many, many governmental processes and and functions were dismantled. And and all probably on the outward saying, well, we, we're for smaller government, we're for your less bureaucracy, blah, blah, blah. But then you look at the specifics of what they did, and it turns out
1: that it was all bad stuff right but we also in the same breath i also have to say you know nothing that the democrats are offering is the answer either so what's less than an angel is it like (laughs) what's a step down (laughs) from a full angel's test yeah
0: well not full angels i'm sure of that i mean i i i mean i you know, as much as I've said a zillion times, and it's not actually true because I don't have a card. I'm not sure where to get one. It probably takes money. So Are you I, not
1: I, though? Aren't you a registered Democrat? I am a registered. Okay. So
0: I guess that's what that means. I mean, I when they ask you to register, I don't register as independent or libertarian or free thinking or Jesus or anything else. Um. Uh. So yeah, I'm a registered Democrat. So I guess that's the card that you carry. Um. But um. It's not because I believe in their their, their God-given right to, to rule. <laughs> it's because compared to the alternatives, we, there's just no comparison. And So how come you're choosing
1: fucking Yang over me? When I was telling you a legitimate third party needs to come in and you didn't listen and now we have Yang with the forward party, <laughs> is know, it, it was, because it's a catchy name? I was afraid... Uh, Well, is it a catchy name? I don't know. Forward Party is kind of cool. You
0: know what was catchy? The Yang Gang. That was catchy. This is (laughs) what's their logo?
1: Is it like a a finger pointing? Uh, I haven't even seen anything print
0: yet, so I got to check it more. You know, I heard about that on the way here last week, and so it was something that I wanted to talk with you about. Um, but we got so wrapped up in the other stuff. Let's try to original. get him on the
1: podcast. Yeah, we sure. haven't had a guest in a while.
0: Yeah, reach out to your people. All and, right, I'll uh, make it get happen. Them, get them. To, Did we ever answer the... God, uh, it would be great to have Andrew Yang. I, I will work on that. Andrew, we're here for you. We're, we're <laughs> interested in the Ford party. Okay? We want to hear more. I'm a card-carrying Democrat, and I'm totally open to your ideas about why you're not a Democrat anymore.
1: Yes, me too, and I will say, convince me why... Uh, splitting the country is a bad idea. Tell, convince me why. <laughs> <laughs> not sure <laughs> your third party option is the way to go. Forward. I'm not
0: sure he would disagree with you. But
1: <laughs> did we ever answer the uh, the Nirvana Kid question that we started the top of the show with? Uh, well, did I even get my point out? No, there? go ahead. Let no, me finish. No, that I probably
0: interrupted. Go because
1: ahead. Because I, I just I don't know why I was thinking of the logo of the Forward Party of a finger, and it made me think of the dick on the kid on the album.
0: Is that the? <laughs> is that the
1: logo? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I just that's what I thought of. But that kid is suing. He's suing like everybody, the surviving members of Nirvana, the label, because they. maybe he's even suing his parents because they put his naked body on the album cover.
0: Is he naked? Is his dick hanging out or something? Yeah. Oh.
1: Should, that, should that be allowed is my question. Isn't there a statute of limitations here? This is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I think that's a legitimate um, question.
1: And the answer. I'm looking right now. And if you're looking for the answer, the answer is no. He should not be allowed to sue. And well, I think, do you
0: think he's going to win?
1: I don't know. You can sue for anything. I mean, who, I think it would be easy to, you know, look at the evil empire, the the record label, the success of Nirvana.
0: Well, let's take it. Let's take that basic question about being able to sue over something down a notch to the Texas abortion, chainsaw uh, massacre.
1: Yeah, chainsaw massacre. So giving people st- uh, standing. Yeah. What do you think about that? In the Texas law, yeah, I think it's retarded. Okay, good. Can't give somebody. You can't give people who are not legitimately part of whatever the issue I can't was. See this. You this need your, your glasses? Huh?
0: Yeah. Hold on. Um, just for the audiences' good, I'm. I'm trying
1: to see a pic. Oh, this dick's hanging out. <laughs> but it's like it's it's a baby dick, and not to. I'm not being a dick. he looks like every other little naked boy.
0: I wish I did not look that up.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those things that just caught my eye because I'm going, come on, this can't be a thing. You shouldn't be allowed to sue for this. I mean, that's a whole other thing. You know, our parents, should parents be allowed to put their kids in baby pageants and even in movies and TV? Wow. I guess. But we watch, you know, you have movies and TV shows with little kids in it. and I don't just mean babies, not but naked, though. I understand, but that's not the child's decision. Right? The parents. I, I don't, you know, I never noticed that because I just never
0: did because i'm not a pedophile right nobody ever pedophile. noticed but and um, i
1: bought that album when it came out yeah. i never noticed i mean it wasn't a thing i mean right? that's
0: just nirvana saying hey we're gonna do something that goes against the culture it was norm. edgy yeah
1: we're fucking uh hipsters from seattle he, look kirk Cobain didn't take the fucking picture exactly right? that's not
0: it's nothing to do with him
1: probably. so you're with me the kids shouldn't be able to sue oh uh, yes okay very yes, good i'm with you on thank that thank you one. Let, let's end on a positive <laughs> note <laughs> we have come to agreement on the nirvana question <laughs> All right and in is? the meantime yeah let's let's say goodbye for today okay. let's uh I will work on Andrew Yang let's all see right. if uh you know, our people can talk to his people and uh blah 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 yeah
0: all right all right everybody see you next time all Bye. right Bye.